0: The Messy Middle podcast is hosted on Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, which considerably helps with all of the production costs you normally have, except that on Anchor, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum audience through sponsorships and monthly contributions from your subscribers. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is Alyssa Lenick of Littlest Fitness. And I'm Kate, otherwise known as Coach Carmichael.
1: We are PhD students, endurance athletes who lift, outdoors enthusiasts, and entrepreneurs.
0: We believe the narrative of the fitness and wellness industry is often far too extreme.
1: So forget about the black and white messages that you've heard. On this podcast, we believe that life is best lived in, in
0: the, the messy, messy middle.
2: <laughs> puppies are like um, dogs are like children for real I mean I know I want my a dog kids, so
1: bad but I know ugh. I know I know that's the the, the, the reality I'm of it a demon.
2: it's like having a kid and my my kids want one so bad and honestly I love dogs too but when I see how my puppies. friends mm-hmm. oh and puppies too and puppies they because they lose their teeth they do all the things babies do yes. I just yeah, but like rapidly, which is yeah. terrifying. <laughs> no, one of, one of my friends who like rescues dogs, she was like, she's like, don't take this the wrong way, but your family just needs a mutt because yeah. your your kid and they need to be older, like two years old. She's like, because you have yes. so many kids that you need a dog that's just gonna fall in line. You don't want a dog that's gonna be like, oh, like, look at me, help me, watch me. You need yep. a dog that's just gonna be like, Hey, I'm here if you guys if you guys want to pet me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your friend's advice has got it perfect. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh-huh. I'm I'm dealing with an eight-month pit lab mix with so much oh. energy and neediness. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love him, but like, I hate well, to him, for, You know. that
2: makes for that makes for great hikes, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I he's my backpacking dog. I'm actually I want to take him on the full AT with me two years from now. Wow. So wow. That's so cool. That's really
2: cool. <laughs>
0: thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> okay we oh, got to right. hit record though because yeah. it's
1: already recording all this stuff now oh, anything well, moving forward i have to formally introduce christy but whatever. yeah we should probably do we're that. gonna send that it sounds like we're all in this very chatty mood which is good that leads to great interviews so <laughs> welcome we're probably just gonna leave that in there anyway welcome officially though back to the messy middle podcast um today we have christy do you call is your middle name joy or do you okay, okay. yeah yeah so christy joy <laughs> meeks And so I came across Chrissy last year. She reached out to me because she was doing an interview series for her website, brand, blog. I don't actually know what you do, but you just spread a lot of positivity for a living. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't know what I do either, but that was so fun. (laughs) She just decided to host an online interview platform thing. I don't know. She interviewed me last year and I, I mean, I adore following Chrissy sense because she, especially we just talked about this beforehand. I'll bring this up later. Like especially this year just she's the biggest brightest source of positivity and joy in a human that like I've ever met in my life and she was so being interviewed by her was so fun and it was just so high energy and I usually people don't match my energy and I felt like the whole time it was like level 10 I was like yes bring it (laughs) so uh, that was like your hair was standing on on end yeah (laughs) yes and so Chrissy inter- interviewed me for this expert series, things that she was doing as a resource for people and clients. I don't even, rem- I don't even know exactly what it was, but I did it and, it was awesome and I shared it with my clients and my email list. Um, but Chrissy's this amazing voice of just reason and positivity on Instagram. And she has like four, four kids and like one that's about to literally show up in this world any day now. So she's a mom of multiple children. She has her one minute of joy where she brings her kids around and just spreads positivity to their neighbors. She <laughs> she values exercise for all the right reasons and moving your body and doing it even when yes. your kids are crawling on you or your kids half naked thinking it's a dinosaur. I think that's what your three-year-old is right? <laughs> yeah. And so if you guys don't follow her and you need, I feel like maybe 2020 would have been a lot better if everyone just followed Christine during <laughs> this time. Um, so we are excited to have her on the podcast today because she is like, the true epitome of living in the messy middle where she has a bunch of kids and she's a busy woman and she, you know, runs her social media and still exercises and values it for all the right reasons. So we were like, okay, this is a no brainer. Like we have to get her on. So yes. welcome to the
2: podcast, Christy. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. And I love the title, the messy middle, cause that is literally the epitome of my life yeah. every yes. day, all day. So it's just, it's perfect. It's the perfect title.
0: Oh my God, well, I can't wait to dive in and like see how you live in the messy middle. Um, Starting (laughs) with your messy middle journey, we'd love to uh, bring on guests who can tell us about how they lived a life maybe a little bit more extreme or uh, polarizing. You know, we, often in American society, we get captured in these like really polarizing messages. And we really find ourselves as we are aging and maturing, trying to find a messy middle approach is what we like to call it, where we we feel more balanced or in harmony, however you want to describe it, um, and living a life that suits us and isn't maybe what everyone wanted it to be for us, you know? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. could you give us your messy middle journey story, um, wherever you'd like to take that?
2: Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I think that having kids is what actually delivered me, um, from my like messy, messy (laughs) into like a more, um, healthy messy <laughs> wait so you delivered uh, the kids but they delivered you, they delivered me. <laughs> you oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> I you, all day long my kids raised me um and basically uh, long story short is when I was around eight or nine years old my grandfather who's like very sarcastic cynical and a lot of times you could be like at the butt of his joke it just was his personality and you really didn't like hold it against him because you just knew that's who he was um he came home one day with like a t-shirt as a souvenir for me and um on the t-shirt it it was like a fluffy bunny rabbit and I actually found it I was like they need to like just burn this like but it said on the top it says like I'm not fat and then it says I'm just fluffy And, and you know when I I was a very active kid I mean like super active like you know um, at school for red Rover, like people are always picking me, you know, because it, apparently and it'll become clear to me later why they were picking me. But anyways, um, <laughs> so, so I'm reading this t-shirt and it's not clicking for me. I'm like trying to figure out what does this t-shirt mean? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, I'm not fat. I'm just fluffy and I'm just sitting there. And there's like little kind of like nervous laughter around the table. Cause it was like my family. And then I don't know who else. And, and then it was just like clicked. And I'm like, I literally have a thought wait, am I fat? Are you saying I'm fat? Like, it was like just this, like, and then I could literally, and it's so funny because as much as the story now is more of a beacon of hope and light, it still makes me teary to this day Mm -hmm. because I could feel the tears stinging my eyes as an eight-year-old kid and realizing, and my eyes being open to body image and never had been before. Like, I never, I just looked at my body as this, like, this vessel that allowed me to, like, you know, fly off the monkey bars yeah. and, like, you know, run around the playground like a zoo animal. Because, literally, that's what my photos look like. I'm like, mom, you please could have hired someone to do my hair. Um, but, like, there, there was this moment where I just, I, my whole life then began to be filtered through my body. Literally. My entire life. How does that even happen? Like every single thing that is happening to me is happening through the lens of how my body is being perceived. And so when I went to school the next day, I started to take inventory of like, oh, you know, my best friends are all smaller than me and oh, those boys over there, they're like laughing and joking. I never noticed that before, but like, are they making fun of me? Mm Um, you know, and then it it just, it, it was like this crazy heightened awareness and my like crazy manic extreme ways didn't really kick in until post high school. Um, and, but still all throughout my, my middle school, high school, it was just constantly taking inventory of other people's bodies and comparing myself. And saying like, oh, I see why, you know, she's more likable. She's smaller. I see why. Like that was always my, the way my mind was wired. And so when I graduated from high school, I got a gym membership. I started going all the time and working out. I didn't really change the way that I was eating because I didn't understand the idea that food is really the thing that is what transforms your body really. Like eating the right way. Right. And so I didn't quite understand that, but like I started exercising. I started um, like just being really crazy about making sure that I was exercising. And then it kind of, you know, you know that the saying, you're like the sum of the five people you spend the most time around. Well, I ended up like just being in a circle with people who thought like I did, which is that smaller was better. And so I began like, you know really poor eating habits, like missing meals, like not eating like I wouldn't eat at all, and then like you know our chew food up and spit it out, um or like you know, I would not eat, not eat, not eat, and then, like for dinner, I would just like only eat dessert like I just it was the most like terrible, no rhyme or reason way of eating. And then I had this thing where I would have like all these pants that I would just try on. Like I would just try on like 10 pairs of pants (laughs) to see like, if they're tight, then I'm going to eat less today. And if they're like a little bit looser, then I can be like a tiny bit more relaxed. And it was like the most exhausting. I will tell you, I've never been so exhausted in my life. I'm trying to like be what I didn't even know I was trying to be, right? There's no like real picture of what that body looks like, right, because that body's always changing. Oh, her body's nice, I like hers. Oh, her body's nice, I like hers. they're completely different. I want both of them. How do you attain that? It's not possible, right, and so this is not a long story short. this is like a short story long anyways, um, you're fine, keep going <laughs> and so. One day after I had two kids, I could hear my kids playing in the hallway and I was in the mirror and this was after I had gone through one of my like episodes of like just trying on all my pants. And I had this, like, it was one of those thoughts that just cut through all of like the noise and the, the subconscious tape that was playing in the background. And it said, if you have a problem. And if you don't change the way you see your body, then your kids are going to be just like you, and it's going to break your heart. Yeah. And I was like, it was I was the like, worst of all. That's like, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> that's scary to think
0: as never, as a childless person. That scares me. Yeah.
2: Oh my god! And I li- and I literally remember in that moment it, because the thought of it broke my heart. Like the thought of my kids, like going through this cycle of like trying on all these pants and seeing the world through their body and like, you know, chewing food up and spitting it out or like, you know, like all of that, just, it literally brought me to a place where I was like, no, like that's not happening. And I mean, I can't control it. I don't know what my kids are going to be like. I don't know what things, you know, there's so many different energies that are just past You don't know what it's going to be like. You can't say for sure that my being able to transform is is protecting my kid. But like doing my very best, right? And so on that day, I was like, things have got to change. I didn't know how they were going to change. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that I could not go on, like living like that. So that's my, that's my messy, messy middle extreme. Um, Do you want me to talk about like how I? Came to, yeah, how did you transition? transition. Absolutely. Yeah, because
1: I, okay. I think, no, because I think this is so important because I think a lot yeah. of us, we probably lack compassion for younger inner selves who felt like you did when you were mm-hmm. eight, mm-hmm. wait until you say you have a child that's in your image, I guess, technically, you know what I mean? Like your child, and you're like, oh shit, because you probably gave it probably gave you a sense of more sympathy for that part of you that felt those those things because you saw that through the lens of your child. And it's obviously easier to have yes. compassion for a small human than it is for yourself, right? And I probably, oh
2: my gosh, yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Uh, Alyssa, literally. So throughout my entire, my life, I have noticed that, um, and this is for anyone who's listening, this could be very helpful for you. If there's a part of your life that you know is like unhealthy, that you need to shift, but for some reason you can't seem to do it, whether you have kids or not. I started this before I had kids. This is when I was just like, I had like a terrible dating history. Like I just, I was like, I was always trying to save and fix and save and fix. And so I had a really, really terrible dating history. And I realized one day, I just, I didn't want to live like that anymore. I was like, I just know that I'm worth so much more, but for some reason I allow myself to be in these relationships that say that I'm less, I don't, I don't get it. But I had the mind to say, you know, instead of it being about me, I'm going to make it about what I want this kid, this, this man to be the father of my children. And from that day forward, <laughs> I kid you not, I swear, I, there were so many guys on the chopping block <laughs> because I would literally like, I would have a conversation or they would do something that I would accept for myself, but I would never accept for my children. Yeah. So. So like I would see something and I'd be like, oh no, you are not going to be my daughter's father. (laughs) (laughs) They have no idea what they're being compared to. But uh, but it was the same thing. It was the same thing for me and my body. You know, it's like, I clearly am still struggling with loving myself enough. But when it becomes about my kids and Mm -hmm. how it affects their life, then all of a sudden I was able to have the strength to take the steps that were necessary to change, right? Mm So Alyssa, you hit the nail on the head, like, sometimes, right, it it really does take you finding that thing that's outside of you that you love more than yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so many of us have a hard time just like really loving who we are. And so sometimes you have to borrow, you have to, you have to go and use someone else to help you get, you know, where you need to be. So how I was able to transform, and it's so funny because I think, uh, listen, one of your posts, you talk about CrossFit and not, this is not like a, you know, um, a PSA for CrossFit, but honestly, that's when my whole life started to change because, again, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time around, and I was constantly at CrossFit and noticing how many of the women in the CrossFit were not worried about being smaller. They were worried about being stronger. Mm -hmm. And I was like, right. I I really loved how I felt like as my body was getting stronger and it was Mm -hmm. like about community and it was about like, how much can, how much better can you be today Mm -hmm. than you were yesterday? Right. And so I would say that was the first step was being around people who, whose mindset was different. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and in a healthy way, because you know, you could want to change all day long, but if the people that you're spending time with have that same negative perspective, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it'd be so hard to change. It's just, it's like almost impossible. Yeah, no, your
1: environment doesn't even, isn't conducive at all to what you're trying to do. And that just, it's more resistance. So you're going to fatigue. I mean, not to make such a cliche lifting reference,
2: but like, (laughs) (laughs) like
1: it's just like a CrossFit wall. If the weight's heavier, you're going to fatigue faster, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I love, I love
2: exercise references. Please use them this whole time. They're (laughs) my favorite. I use them all the time um but yeah so that was like the first that was like the start where I was just like oh and it's like you know seeing the woman who has like the super strong legs but like like the little like belly you know and she's wearing it it's me it's (laughs) me
1: (laughs) you're describing the post you saw Christy it's me
2: (laughs) I love you so much oh my goodness but seriously you know, and everybody's like around you because you're about to PR and no, no, no girls are in the corner whispering like, oh my God, I wish she would put a shirt on. She has like a, you know, a little, no. <laughs> and Nobody cares about no, that. a shit. Like, oh my God. Did you see that deadlift? Yeah. PR? It was crazy. And and so like, it just really changed my mind about how I, I was starting to see my body. And so then, you know, I always make this joke about my kids um, and I tell people, I'm like, you know, I could want to be smaller with a thigh gap, and there's nothing wrong with anyone who is smaller with a thigh gap. Honestly, that's how your body is made. Mine's not made that way, right? So I have to kill myself to get, have a thigh gap. And so, I, but I said, you know what? I have so many kids. Like, if there was an apocalypse or if the world was ending, and I had to carry all my kids at one time, I don't want the thigh gap. <laughs> I don't want them i want my legs the legs i have right now right um and so that was my way of also kind of affirming to myself and again and not putting anyone down honestly i think all different bodies are beautiful and that's you know that's that's just the beauty of humanity is like small it's literally like bone structure half the time it's like not
1: even a a, like us having a thigh muscle or fat thing it's literally just like oh you have wider (laughs) hips it's like yes. me being, it's like me like women with long torsos are beautiful but i'm not going to kill myself trying to get one because i'm not i'm built like a i used to joke all i wanted for christmas was two more inches of torso like that's like, <laughs> Like, that's all I want. Like, I would just be the perfect height. You know what I mean? Things would fit me better. But I'm not, I, I, if I try to spend my life, like, if you reframe it on things that are impossible, right? Like, it makes it more yep. logical sense. Like, yep. all women are freaking beautiful. But like, if I
2: try to do that, I would be, oh, I'm not yes. I'm just, I'm Not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's absolutely true. It's like, we're all built so different. And there's so much beauty. That's one of my favorite things, I think, about just, like, the transformed way that I think is that I used to like I told you see my my life through my body mm-hmm. and so obviously when I'm walking down the street like every single woman I saw I would like I would basically put myself in a measurement scale mm-hmm. I'm better or worse right like oh okay look at her stomach okay mine's flat okay I'm above her oh wow look at her like, she has great legs I man I wish I had okay I'm below her oh look at the do you, like literally you don't, I don't even know you're yeah, doing it yeah. you're, Like putting yourself. And it's yeah, one of the most beautiful things about it, a transformed way of thinking is like, I see women now and I just see all of the beauty that they possess. You yeah. know, it's like, uh, you know, women are constantly putting themselves down to me like about like they're, you know, being bottom heavy. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you see bottom heavy. I see a freaking warrior. I, f- I see somebody who can push a- my car across the street if it, it runs out of gas. Yeah. I see yes, somebody. I love that. I love that. And it's,
1: I think it's like, it, it comes with a place like you become more sure of yourself too where like I can look at someone and be like, wow. Like I like, we, like I don't love my hair. Like this is a your thing. Like I was insecure. I just have thin, I have thin like european cliche blonde hair like it's just not great and so for years and years i'd be so jealous but now i can look at people and be like you have beautiful hair but i don't feel bad about myself i'm just like frick like you're just yeah. like luscious beautiful locks but like i don't beat myself up for it like you can admire those traits and other people that yeah. you don't have or you'll never have without out bringing yourself down for
2: it right like you can yeah. both those things
1: can coexist
2: yes and one of the things that i share with women too is i say you know we get so hung up on things like, you know, hair and um, uh, like our, how our bodies are built or like if you have pretty feet or these things are not important. Uh-huh. not important because, and I'm not saying that, and what I'm saying is like, what are they for and this is what I talk to my kids about and I talk to my daughters you know our hair is so different like like, okay why is Alyssa's hair like thin why Mm -hmm. is Alyssa's hair blonde where are her ancestors from was Mm -hmm. the sun like beaming down on their heads to where their hair needed to be thick to protect their scalp probably not no we were were harvesting potatoes I'll tell you that (laughs) (laughs) we were surviving winters and harvesting potatoes like if it's cold where your ancestors are from why do you need like thick hair to protect your brain from the sun like but in Africa like they need really really thick hair because the sun is like has its sunglasses off right Mm -hmm. like it's so it's so hot that like if that hair's not there they probably all have skin cancer you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying like what is the purpose? I really What's like the purpose? that. Yeah. And so- Yeah, like I, I love bringing the heritage. ancestry into
0: that. That's great. Yeah.
2: Same with like body shape, you know, like, like you said, Alyssa, like with your torso and with your legs, it's like, there's this group of women who run mountains. Have you seen these women in Central, is, is it in South America or Central America? The Huarachis, the Huarachis. Anyways, yeah, yeah. they wear tires on their feet. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And the way they're built, right? Like short, small legs, right? if they have long legs, what they do doesn't really work well, Mm -mm. right? But they need to be able to get up that mountain. They're not saying like, oh man, I wish I had long legs. They're like, God, please don't give me long legs. I can't do this effectively if I have them. Yeah. Like there's just like, if you start to think about our bodies for like what they were created for, like Mm -hmm. where we came from, it's like, They're for survival.
1: There's a really good book by David Epstein called Sports Gene that I read a few years ago, and it talks Mm -hmm. about why different people are better at different sports and like why Mm. people maybe from different countries are better at different things or like maybe why um, like people from Jamaica are really, really fast sprinters versus people from like mm. Africa are really, really good long distance, long runners. distance, yeah. yeah. And just like just phenotypical characteristics of people from different regions and areas. And it's so funny because it's like Michael Phelps doesn't compare himself to Hussein Bolt and say that he's not an athlete, right? But he's right, right? like that's not a thing. But they're both phenomenal Olympians, but they're not, he's not yeah. saying like, man, you know, I wish I was built like that, no, because he's built. Anatomically, so 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 specific for swimming that he's elite and great, but he's still yeah. just as good of, his, of an athlete as Hussein Bolt, right? Like even though they yep. have completely different. And I think when you bring it back to those that context, it just and that's why I've always loved sports and fitness and lifting because it allows you to reframe that stuff. Where we're all probably built to be better at one thing or another, right? Where we're gonna yeah. and we yeah. can do all the things but we can appreciate how our bodies are built in order to support us to do those things without. Yeah. Feeling yes. bad about yourself. Like I'm not going to be an elite front
2: path marathoner, but if you want to scale them out and like, I'm your girl. <laughs> yeah. Right. And- exactly. You know, and if, and if Phelps was like, Oh my gosh, my lats are so big. I, I hate my lats so much. Like right? his whole focus was about how his body was built and not about what his body could do. Like, obviously he loves his lats for all of yeah. those gold medals that he he can hold at up.
1: Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> and I wonder how that much is. this. like, I know this is kind of outside, but like, you, we're all athletes in some regards. We all work out, we're all fit. We've all done these things in the past, but how does that, like, and you have daughters, like hold them back from doing sports because cause that's a huge thing, right? Girls drop out of sports in their teen years, like statistically way more once they get their period and grow hips and boobs and things like that. And they start to feel mm-hmm. like they're not, able to participate in sport. And I wonder how much that comparison occurs because sports is such a, like as such a cesspool for body, image yeah. stuff, especially, I mean, it ha- definitely happens in young males and we have actually a person we're going to talk about on the podcast that we're interviewing tomorrow about that to get that male perspective of it. But for young, I mean, I was a female athlete in high school and college and like, that's a huge narrative and even yeah. especially keeping women and girls from exercise because they compare their bodies to those that are, they consider fit. Mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. fitness literally looks different on every single body type. Cause you're like, well, I don't look fit. Well, what fit for what? Right. Like the crossfitter looks different than the marathoner that looks different than the swimmer that looks different cyclist. Like, okay, fit for what? Cause Jen, your body actually probably looks like someone who is an elite athlete. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's, like, yeah. like there's someone out there that probably actually looks just like you. That is great at what they do.
2: No, it's, it's, it's so true. It's funny. I was training my little sister, um, the other day and Mm -hmm. I did, I did what would be considered kind of like, like a CrossFit rep scheme, you know? And, and she said, she was like, okay. She was like, so, but this is my thing. She's like, I don't really want like a CrossFit body, you know, like how they're, and I was like, hold on. First of all, there's no CrossFit body. I said, the women that you see who typically are like the competitors They are already built that way. That's why they are winners. Like, that's why they win because their bodies are made for that. Like, your body doesn't look like that, and it's never going to look like that because that's not how you're built. And, like, you know, gymnasts typically have a great CrossFit experience because they're more compact, right? They are strong in the areas that CrossFit focuses on. They do a lot of gymnastics type movements already. And so that's the build that you're seeing, right? You're seeing that shorter, more squat build. That's because they excel in that sport. Not because they came in at 5'9 and all of a sudden now they're 5'5. Five, five you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I mean, this doesn't shrink you and make you like yes. bulkier, you know? And so there's all these misconceptions. Like your body is your body, period. Like it's, you're not going to all of a sudden turn into a body that you're not meant to have. And so I love that. My seven-year-old is a competitive gymnast. So is my nine-year-old, but my nine-year-old is really long and lean. My seven-year-old is more short, but she's still, she's so small, but she comes and she stands in the mirror and she says, mom, all the other gymnasts, their stomachs are like this. And mine has like a little curve. I'm like, okay, first of all, you are seven, like, (laughs) but she's already Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it happened so. No, I remember.
1: I don't know if it was dance. I did dance and gymnastics my whole life, um, leading up until like then. I got into like other sports, but I remember like I don't. I don't think I felt very insecure about. My mom did a fabulous job when I was growing up, where she never spoke to me about my body or beauty at all. She always talked to me about being smart or capable, and like she did a very good job at that. And she even any insecurities she had about her body, she never ever. I I was very 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 like rarely aware of that with my mom. So she did a great job at doing that. So it's not like I had that that negative influence from like my family or anything like that. But I just remember like being young and I've always had like that little bit of lower belly fat. I've always, you know what I mean? Like I've just always been that, which I think most women can agree to that, Right yeah never. yeah like that's the thing but in general my body just carries my fat in my stomach i'm never gonna be the ripped girl having abs even at low body fat that's just not who i am and i i'm i'm okay with that now but when you're younger you don't really you don't know where your body's you not you know what i mean and i remember yep. transitioning into that like you know third fourth fifth grade and being aware of like when i would look down and like my leotards or my cheer uniforms or my skirt and that little bit of belly there and i remember specifically being like eight nine ten years old and already noticing that, which is so weird, because I don't think it messed with me too much, um, until I got, obviously, into high school, and I was aware of it, but that's so sad that you said that your daughter's seven, because I specifically remember being in elementary school, and being like, oh, my little lower belly fat, like, I remember looking. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, like,
2: yeah, yeah, before we, before we get off, you're gonna have to tell me what to tell her anyways, but, um, <laughs> because I'm just like, dude, your body is I mean, when I tell you she's like an elite gymnast, she's seven years old and she's doing things that 14 year olds are doing. Like she's amazing. I'm like, dude, whatever that is, that's on your body, keep it. Because- It's working for you. I call it it my power belly. I call, it's my
1: power belly. My boyfriend yes. says I have a baby belly and I'm like a giant toddler. He says I stand around like that. Like it's just, it's where all my power comes from. Like it's all my muscle. Oh my I don't God. know, I don't know what's going on. It's mo- well, as you get older, oh, you? Yeah. it's literally your uterus as you get older, but, yes. I mean, but in general, like it's just like, it's where all your power comes from. So it's just called my oh power my God. belly. I love
2: that. Yeah, I said, hey, if you, if any of those 14 year old girls that can't even do what you're doing, if you ask them, hey, do you want to be, do you want to have this little tiny belly right here and be able to do this? Or would you rather just keep that and then not be able to do a cartwheel? I'm sure they would want to have your little t- tiny belly. yeah, <laughs> So they can do that back handspring back backflip, you know? So yeah. I try to help her like, like your body whatever your body's doing is doing it right listen I'm just gonna start
1: sending you videos and pictures of me lifting to show to your seven-year-old when I have like my power belly going on which I'm by no means I'm by no means fat but because of how I'm built I just that's that's how it is and I used to be super super insecure about that when I was a teenager like really insecure about that and then I just got older and I was like wait a second i'm like fitter than everyone else <laughs> Like, what's yeah. going yeah. on right there like that's yeah that's like it's my superpower i like that now and you're reframing yeah. my inner nine-year-old as well <laughs> i love
2: it the power belly yeah you know if you change the way you look at things the things you look at will change
1: the messy middle podcast will be right back after a quick word from
2: our sponsors Are you confused about what supplements
1: you should actually be taking? In a world full of juice cleanses, detox teas, fancy promises, it can really be hard to trust anything. But high quality supplements, when dosed appropriately, can actually help support your fitness goals. And that's why I use Legion. I've been using Legion Supplements since the beginning of this year, and after years of never really fully committing to one single brand due to lack of transparency in their labeling, unnecessary fluff, or just reporting things as blends and not knowing what's actually in my product, I finally found a solid science-based product line that fits my supplementing needs. Legion's products are 100% naturally sweetened. And my favorite part, they're fully transparent in their labeling and they use dosages that are actually backed by what the science says you need to be effective and support your fitness goals. And not the least amount you can get away with and not just labeling as blends, but fully transparently telling you what's in your product and why they dosed it that way. And this is huge because it lets you know exactly what you're taking and if it's actually going to be effective and then you can know what's going into your body. My personal favorites are their Cinnamon Cereal Whey. Yes, it tastes as good as it sounds. The Mocha Cappuccino Plant Protein. Pulse, their pre-workout, which comes in non-stimulant or caffeinated stimulant-based. And Recharge, the Recovery Blend, which also gives me the creatine I need to move weights well in the gym. Legion offers 100% money back guaranteed if you're not happy with their products. And you can save 20% off your first order today with our code MESSY MIDDLE at checkout. That's M E S S Y M I D D L E at checkout to save 20% today.
2: You have to do that though. You have to change the way you look at things because honestly, it's crazy. Nothing really changed but your mind. Hmm? Your yeah. body didn't change. It was the way you decided to perceive the situation that it went from being Like a belly that makes you less than to the place where you get all your power, and nothing changed except for how you saw yourself. And it's
1: crazy too because women that are petite will message me and they'll be like, Thank you for running. I didn't think that I could run as a short woman. I was like, Why did you think that? Like, even height, like the height, the thing that you don't think people even like criticize themselves for and think that you're that insecure about. I was like, I was like, Your legs still move forward. Like, I just didn't even think for a second that me being petite and not like in like more, I guess, I'm a more I'm heavier for being a petite girl more muscular I guess yeah yeah I'm denser like I didn't think that was that big of a deal but I guess like people literally like they limit themselves so much to those things and I'm like you're still perfectly capable of doing oh my like there's not like there's a rule like you're like oh can't sign up for this race unless you're five six or higher (laughs) like like, that's (laughs) not a thing I was like but it's that mindset shift of them thinking that like because they weren't Tall enough to run that they couldn't run, and I thought that was so crazy because it was like usually women are so like highly criticizing like their their weight or their their stomachs or their legs or their like certain specific things, but I was like even our height like that's know yeah. that's not sacred. No, <laughs> wow. everything. Was like-
2: yeah, I mean, nothing is, nothing is exempt when it comes to, and I mean, we can thank, we can thank media and advertising and things for a lot of the jacked up ways that we see oh, ourselves yeah. because of how constantly beauty is shifting in media. You know, it's like, you cannot keep up, you know, once you acquire the ideal, whatever that is, it, someone else's body jumps in the frame and that is the ideal now you know? And yeah. so it's like, you just can't keep up with that. That's why the, the the greatest thing that you can do is just learn to fall in love with the body that you have right now. Like there's no way. And so that's really actually, that's where I journeyed to is, is understanding that my body, there's no one else like me ever, like anywhere. There's no, no other composition that is like me. Like if my mom and dad did not, For whatever reason, hook up like my body, the way it is, would not be here, right? Like none none of that, right? And so, falling in love with it the way it is now doesn't mean. And I think that's a scary thought for a lot of people because they're like, "Yeah, but I don't want my body like this." That's okay. You can Mm -hmm. still have goals. You can still want to see your body shift. But if you don't accept it the way it is right in this moment, then when you reach that. Um, level of fitness or that place where you thought you wanted to go, you still won't feel like you arrived there. You will not appreciate your body and you will find another carrot to dangle in front of yourself to try to get to some, because it's not about your body. It's not about your exterior body. So that whole idea of like being able to just accept yourself where you are right now and realizing that. And I love this, you know, I have the, I have a Peloton right now, which is what I've been doing through my entire pregnancy. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it just has been helpful because obviously with COVID and being pregnant and all that, it's allowed me to still get like that, like really great workout. Right. And yeah. so, and you know, this is not an ad for Peloton I just I happen to have one. And one of the great things is, you know, you have all these different trainers and they all see life through a different lens. And they're always saying something that just makes me ch- that challenges me to think differently about myself mm-hmm. and about my body. And, um, and so like, one of the things that I love is Mm-mm. I love to like beat, I love to beat myself. Right. So there's a leaderboard, but I never look at it Mm -hmm. because the only person that can keep me from being better is me. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I could say I'm trying to beat, you know, hot, sexy thighs. Right. But what if hot, sexy thighs actually can't go as fast as I can? But because I'm like comparing myself to hot, sexy thighs, that's so random. I don't know anyone on there that has that. I've limited myself to just beating her. Like, oh my God, I'm almost beating her. Whereas if I was trying to beat myself and realizing that I could have, instead of of being total output of two points ahead of her, I could have been 10 points ahead of myself and 20 points ahead of her. her. Does it make sense? Like, like if you can just focus on being the best version of you, accepting where you are right in that moment and just saying, today I'm going to be better than I was yesterday, then eventually you will attain a certain level of um, fitness and you will start to see your body do things that you've never seen it do before, just because you are literally just accepting yourself where you are and your fitness level and not comparing to someone else. Um, and, And so, yeah, I, so anyways, that being said, like it doesn 't matter how how many goals you have for your body if you're not at a place where you can accept yourself where you are in this moment, mm-hmm. then all of those goals will just continue to move, yeah, you no. know, and that's the worst feeling like you had this goal and then you got there and it doesn't feel the way you thought it would well, you I know think like that you-
1: happens to a lot of people with everything because you get the people who like put a lot of weight mm-hmm. into running a race. When they finish the race, they have those post-race blues because they didn't love the process of getting to that point, And then they feel empty without it. And that comes from yeah. putting too much pressure on the angle. And then you have to sign mm-hmm. up for another race. But if you're content, I mean, racing is a good metaphor for that, but it's literally everything in fitness. But if you love what you do to get to that point, which is your body yeah. or the process or the mode of fitness that you're doing, then when you get there, like I think a lot of people expect me to make a bigger deal about finishing my 100K, but I was more happy about how I handled the training this year. Cause I had, mm. I was a lot happier during it. I liked it a lot more and I, I didn't, I didn't hate it as much. And so that was a bigger win for me because I was content with the work I had done, whether I did the race or not, um, rather yeah. than putting all the pressure on that day being so big and then yeah. falling short to that. But the same thing applies with like putting pressure on our bodies to be something. And then like, because the way they respond and change to exercise or nutrition is so different then we're just setting ourselves up to become something that we might not even be capable of, or just always, again, putting a new carrot in front of yourself to chase. And then you just end up yep. exhausted.
0: And there's a yep. fun term you can Google for that. It's actually, it's a phenomenon called the hedonic treadmill, if you've, if that rings a bell, but um, <laughs> yeah, there's a science, there's a, stu- a scientific like wow. study and process about this. It's like a happiness treadmill where you think the next thing is going to bring you Joy, which mm. I love, I'd love to transition now to wh- to the work that you do there. Um, <laughs> see what I did there? Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But um, <laughs> but I, I I do think that people believe that that next thing is going to bring them happiness, which we we know based on on science, honestly, and, and experience that it's not going to do it. And so, loving your body or loving the process or loving the thing in front of you next is what's going to bring you that joy, rather than seeking some big carrot external validation, uh, that it can never, it can give you a fleeting moment, but that's never lasting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And you know, in that process is actually where all of the good, like chemicals lie, right? Mm -hmm. Like every single time, you know, Alyssa, Kate, like every time we put ourselves in a position to be physically active, and this is where like one minute of happy comes from and which is really one minute of joy, right? Because the idea is that you're actually creating your own happiness, which is coming from the inside, which is joy versus yeah. things happening to you on the outside in your life. The reason why I even started One Minute of Happy is because I, I was like, I just want women to have that feeling that I have when I exercise.
0: And could you break uh, down for our listeners what one minute of
2: one minute, one of, minute happy of happy is, is about yeah. and what it entails yes so basically one minute of happy is you move your body for 60 seconds and then for 60 seconds we focus on mindset and i say like a partnership or like a marriage the two become one minute of happy mm. so there's this idea that when you move your body and you get your heart rate up <clears throat> that you begin your brain begins to change right? You have better access to your mind, things become clearer. And then for that 60 seconds of mindset, we focus on a moment that you are grateful for. And so different from like a thing, right? But like actually putting yourself in a moment and feeling that moment happening to you and then taking, oh, I should have said this in the beginning. I normally ask them to like about their day like a challenge Mm -hmm. that they're facing or something that they're dealing with and then we do one minute of happy and at the end when you're in that that moment of gratitude and you're seeing yourself and you're you know and you're what does it how does it make you feel does it make you want to laugh does it make you want to cry like what Mm -hmm. what are you feeling right now now like in light of that grateful moment i want you to to like shine it in on like the area that you're saying you're experiencing challenge and I want you to see through that lens of yeah. gratefulness that that challenge actually isn't as big as you think it is, right? Because when you're experiencing that high, of, first of all, movement, and then also of that moment of gratitude, both which release positive chemicals, then the thing that you're focusing on that's taking up so much space in your mind, you really you see is actually not as big as you think it is. And I like to compare it to like, you know, shadows because like, you know, when you're, when you see your shadow, your shadow always looks so big, like so much bigger than you are, Mm -hmm. but you are actually the real thing, right? Like the shadow is like your challenge and it seems so big, but compared to what's real, it's not, it's really not that big. Right. And so I started it because I just wanted to get people in this idea and this mindset of like, hey, if I move, I can change the way I see things. I can change the way I see life and maybe it would be enough to hook them like a gateway to moving more. That's really where it it came from. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And I think so much of it is in exercise, we tend to like focus on uh, this all or nothing thinking, right? Like if I'm going to go to the gym, I've got to do it. I've got to do it right. I've got it's got to be a full hour. You know, I've got <laughs> X, Y, and Z, whatever, whatever you believe, like your constraints for a good exercise session or good workout is. And yeah. when we define it by that parameters, like it has to be this or nothing, yep. then we settle yep. for nothing a lot because nothing is less yes. disappointing than like not achieving that full thing that we wanted. <laughs> And so when we reframe to that minute of joy, that minute of movement, then we're able to just take it step by step. And a lot of times we, you know, we tell people uh, in, you know, personal training to just get yourself to the gym. Don't make any plans. Just get yourself there. See what happens, you know, spend a minute there. And if you, if you want to leave after that minute, great. But more than likely, once we get moving, once we get going, we're, we're
1: there, we're in
0: it. We're Yeah. Sold. So I love that so much. There's a couple of big things.
1: I want to point out everything you just said. One, because I feel like sometimes people hear things, but they don't register. So I want to make a couple of key points and things Chrissy's has said yeah, to home. Art, at home. <laughs> is that one, I want you to notice that she has four kids. She's about to literally give birth to her fifth any day now. She's super pregnant. She's super busy. And that she was like, well, cycling in the Peloton is the most realistic thing I can do. And I'm going to get it in and I can still." Make myself be better with it every day, and I think a lot of people think when we talk about like the benefits of resistance training or exercise, you have to do all these things perfectly all the time. But you were quite frank and honest with yourself. You were like, "This, it's 2020. It's a pandemic. I'm pregnant. I have four kids. Like, there's so you're homeschooling. You're like this." But I and I love watching your videos of you cycling because you're doing it consistently, no matter how tired you are, your kids are climbing all over you, but you're like, this is for me. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to make the best of what I can. You didn't stop moving, right? Like I want to hammer home the point that you didn't stop moving where like someone might think, well, that's not good enough or that's not perfect enough, but it's, it's the best thing that you're doing in this moment, so therefore, it's the best thing that you can do. And you're yes. healthy, and you're you're moving throughout your pregnancy, and like you're you're you know you're staying healthy for your kids. Like you're you're not doing anything wrong, but you reframed it to what was realistic for you. But then I love how that ties into the one minute of movement and one minute of happiness because. I think so many people when you're not motivated or you don't feel like moving, really like I give myself in the gym the 20 minute rule. Usually like if I like feel like trash and I can't tell if it's physical versus just like emotional, I usually give mm-hmm. myself like just get moving. And then usually once you start moving, if you're not sick, you know what I mean, or like there's a like underfed or unrested, under you usually just you're like, "Okay, well I'm here so I'm going to finish the thing." But I like that one minute cuz that's like It's funny because my mantra in ultra running is you can do anything for a minute. That's like a lot, a thing that I'll say to myself a lot in the heart of a race is you can do anything for a minute, and if you string up enough minutes together, you can turn it into something really great. Like that's the view that I have, and I love that though because you have to start with that first minute, right? And once that first minute's over, you don't even have to worry about it anymore, you can focus on the next minute, and you just can keep going one minute at a time, and we can all do something for. For one minute, right? Like we can all—it's all, never as yep. bad as we think. It's never as bad as we think, unless you're literally like standing in a fire. But like, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, like, sure. it's like, yeah, <laughs> sure. There's but like, exceptions. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> really besides, hard. <laughs> yeah, really hard. Um, but I love that though, because I tie, like that's my own personal thing. Is like, if you break things down to small enough chunks, you can always get it done. And even moving for one minute is still better than zero minutes. And if that's the only place that someone starts, is they just move for one minute, like. Okay, that's amazing. Because yep. then what happens yep. next?
2: Yep. Yeah. I love that. Yep. I want to know. Like, really that. That. No, I know I, I that's that's exactly I appreciate that. No, that's exactly right. And it's funny because every single pregnancy I did something different. I mm-hmm. I would I my first pregnancy I kickboxed and I kickboxed probably up until this time and obviously safely, right? Nobody was hitting me, right? Yeah. But um which you know on social media you will get like that's dangerous. I'm like Oh I, yeah, yep. You know, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not uh, no one is. No one is boxing back with me. But anyway, um, so I kickbox, you know. And then my second pregnancy, I could only walk, like the yeah. way that she was positioned in my body. Anything that I tried to do that was like whatever I had been doing was so uncomfortable that I literally, and you should have seen me, like, in Pasadena, we have this, called the Rose Bowl, and you walk around the Rose Bowl, I was walking forwards, backwards, sideways, you know, because I am someone who needs, like, intensity, like, that's how I am, like, Uh a very intense person, and I was just like, "Ah," you know, but walking is great exercise, my third pregnancy, I did, it was very CrossFit-esque, right, it was, it was all about, my fourth pregnancy was like a mix of all of those things. I can't even remember honestly what I did, but I remember I was moving By the fourth. You <laughs> just stop keeping track. You're like, I, I didn't sit It counted. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like I know I did CrossFit. I know I did like, I did a bunch of, a bunch of things, but this pregnancy has all been cycling, which I am not a cycler. Like I was never the person running to this spin class. That was never me. I was, I was oh excuse me I was always like oh no I don't want to do spin I don't want to be in a dark room I don't want someone yelling at me I don't want loud music like that was but it's just like again if you change the way you look at things the things you look at will change I used to work out for like two hours when I was going through that like very extreme manic like Mm -hmm. it was like I have to be in the gym for two hours I have to you know if I work out and burn more calories than I eat then I'll be fine like I just Mm -hmm. it was so extreme and now it's like 20 minutes is legit you know like 20 or 25 minutes because if the intensity is dialed up then you know and I noticed that when I switched the amount of time that I was exercising that my body didn't like take some crazy dive of Mm -hmm. like you know it's actually like I was in the best shape of my life doing the shorter workouts and I'm not saying long workouts aren't good but what I'm just saying is that like it basically just to piggyback on you Alyssa is that Like whatever is working for you at the time is working for you at that time. And there's a ton of sign. that's like my
1: niche of like, as much as like, I'm very much like anyone do anything. I think people think that quality of workout is dependent on the length of the workout where length and duration, are two very or like duration and intensity are two totally different factors because yeah. running an ultra marathon is intense but long, but walking for a couple hours is low intense and long. But then you could you know what I mean like you could walk for five minutes or you could do a twenty minute super all like you have to factor them together and I think people forget to look at it that way. But yeah, a ton of evidence to support you I mean if if you're gonna do shorter you're going to get more benefits cuz if it's more intense that doesn't mean that all right. of your exercise needs to be intense but i always encourage people i'm like at least get some, do something intense like at least maybe two times a week because there's so mm-hmm. many benefits in there that you're not getting from the lower intensity stuff yeah. so like it makes sense that like even if you did less but you were doing it more intensely you were probably actually getting a very similar stimulus overall It just you you compacted it, right? You made it bite-sized rather than like longer, right? So there's actually some evidence to support that. You you aren't wrong,
2: (laughs) and and I'm I'm my pro intensity used appropriately. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm all about quick pain. I'm like, give me quick pain. I would I now like if I can, you know, shorten my workout and just make it more intense and just it be done quick, more quickly. Mm -hmm. Like that's what works for me, especially with all of the demands I have with kids, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like the shorter the workout, the better for me right now. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like you said, one minute, five minutes, 15, like whatever is going to just get you moving and Mm -hmm. just be the gateway to you, like moving your body and it not being about how you look and it not being about how losing weight, like because i think that when we associate movement with like weight loss or how we look it's so much easier for us to opt out or bail out yeah. because on that particular day emotionally we don't feel good about how we look mm-hmm. so that so you know what point? i'm saying yeah so what's the point yeah. exactly like and so it, if if you can like disconnect exercise from like aesthetic i think that your level of success inconsistency will go up dramatically um and Funny. that's what happened for me we talked to
1: we interviewed john Knoll earlier today and he's a he's a personal trainer and he was saying that like that's one of the big things he does is he gets people to set goals even if their their goal is body recomposition to some degree whether it's gaining muscle or losing fat or a mix of both or whatever it is but he he works with them to set goals outside of that because they're less likely to be motivated by their goal because of that and there's a one of my favorite outdoors bloggers is this guy, Brendan Leonard, and has played semi-rad. And he does ultra marathons and rock climbs and all that crazy crap that like I do. But he has this article that I love. It's like the power of setting a fear-based fitness goal. And he has like a little, he, he's known for making like cartoon iPad drawings. And it was like fear of like working out when you set a weight loss goal and the bar is like as low as it can possibly be. And it's like fear of like running an Ironman, summoning a mountain, running a 50-miler, like and I think the same concept applies. You don't always have to be afraid of your goals, but like when you set a goal that's like inspiring or challenging or like fun versus a weight loss goal, like that, that stoke factor for it is there's a limit on where it's going to go. It's never going to be yeah. the thing that's going to get you up in the morning and keep going. And like, I shared my story the other day cause I've been trying to get better at Olympic lifting and that's a skill based fitness thing where mm. I haven't trained at all for a year to change my body what so and I don't really do that anyway but in general Olympic lifting zero percent of that has been targeted at changing my body not even gaining muscle it's all Mm -hmm. about just getting better but it's been so fun because it's so challenging and like the zero percent of it had anything to do with my body like even if I was trying to get more fit in other areas and I think that that's like the power in picking those types of fitness goals especially for women because like You're you're removed from the goal, the objective of your body so far that you actually get to like celebrate movement for something more. And so I wanted to tie that in because I know that that's something that you're really big on is like celebrating your body with exercise and like using exercise to like celebrate being alive and joy and all that stuff. So can you talk a little bit more about that?
2: Oh my gosh. It's so good. And it's so funny because actually the other day I, I was like, I need to get out of the house. Like I love riding the bike or whatever, but I just need to be like in a place where someone else is telling me what to do. And like, I can just like feel my body functioning beyond cycling. And so I dropped in on a CrossFit class. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and- Chrissy dropping in on a CrossFit class, 37 weeks pregnant
1: is my now favorite thing. (laughs)
2: so excited. you know, of course, when you walk in CrossFit and you're pregnant and people are just like, what is she, what kind of wad is she going to do? Um, but it was, it was so great because I was just so excited to see like what my body could still do. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, I knew I was going to make modifications, but I was like, let's see how well my body can just like move and adjust. And like, and you know, the wad was like overhead squats, burpees and like double unders and I was like okay well if I overhead squat it's gonna be the bar you know and if I do burpees obviously my belly is not gonna be on the floor you know it's like yeah. all these modifications, <laughs> but it was like like I didn't miss a beat right yeah. like I'm in there That's with other that. individuals who are all levels of fitness right and I'm doing all the movements but with modifications and feeling so good about the fact that my body can still do these things, right? Like, and, and celebrating the fact that, okay, yeah, I may have like a giant belly, or maybe like my legs are bigger than they have been, you know, because I've gained weight, my arms are not as defined. Like, I'm, I'm not thinking about any of that. When I'm moving, all I'm thinking about is the fact that, wow, I just did 15 overhead squats in a row. I don't care that it was with the bar. My, my spine didn't collapse. Like my (laughs) arms were locked out. You know what I mean? Like, and I was moving like a well oiled machine and like, that felt so good to me, you know? And so it's just this idea that like your body is so amazing. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's not where you want it to be, like what it can do, like, that, I think if we can change our, our minds to thinking, like, okay, what, but what can I do, like, forget, like, what does it look like, what can I look like, what can I do, like, what can you do, you know, and, Um, you know, I've been on hikes. I've been on hikes during this pregnancy that I've been like, how did I get on this hike? This was a bad idea. This is harder than I thought. But it's like, I took tons of breaks. I got to the top and I'm like, what? Look what my body could do. Like, I didn't even know, like, you know, you just, it's being able to, and I get so excited about this. Like I truly do because like our bodies, are amazing like they're amazing i don't care if you have injuries i don't care if you have chronic pain i don't like the fact that you're getting up every day and that your body is somehow still managing to get you through your day like Mm -hmm. your body's amazing through the chronic pain through the injury through like your body is trying to give you the best quality of life possible and it's redistributing things within your body to try to help you have less pain. It tries to have like, it's things that we need to like really take inventory of the fact that our body is trying to help us live the best way possible, even if we don't feel like it, you know? And so, yeah. So anyways, I don't even know if that answered your question, but um, yeah, well on that. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Uh, well, on that you you wrote something in your form that I wanted to highlight because I I just loved how you phrased this and it and it says that being well you said this <laughs> being disconnected from your body disconnects you from the world and I thought that that was mm, so powerful
2: that. yeah 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 the the and where that came from was that I realized that a lot of what we deal with especially as women and I know there are women and men. Who listen to this, but a lot of what we deal with, we don't even realize. Um, we think it's more body centric, and a lot of what we deal with as women is more shame centric.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: the way that we view our bodies um, when it's negative, it, a lot of times it stems from a place of shame. And one thing that shame does, and Brene Brown talks about this, yeah, um, I was gonna and ask. Yes. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and it's so funny because you know. I hadn't even read any of Brene Brown's things when I had first come into contact with this idea of like, oh, I'm dealing with issues of shame that I, and so mm-hmm. it's even it's even better when I read her stuff. I was like, oh my gosh. But you know, she talks about how shame grows in silence and in secrecy and how like, you know, we don't talk about these things, um, that it, it basically, it gets bigger and bigger. And one thing that I learned that shame does is that shame does not allow us to be completely connected to our bodies. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it actually causes us to like reject, to reject ourselves. And so one of the things that I talk about is how like when you cannot be connected to your body, you cannot be connected to the ones around you fully because you lose, you, you have these walls that go up when you're not connected to your body because you're ashamed in some shape or form of your body in in, in some way, right? And so even if you wanna be connected with someone, even if you wanna go to a party, a Christmas party and be connected, or you you wanna go to your kid's school or your PTA meeting and you wanna be fully there and fully invested, you can't because you have these walls that are erected um, that keep people from seeing the thing that you're ashamed of. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so that it's tragic, it's a tragedy. I don't want anybody to go through their entire life, not being able to fully connect or love, um, in this world because of being ashamed of things that they've experienced in their life that have nothing to do with their bodies. Right. But it manifests itself in their body. And I think and it's so, powerful. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go no, no no. That's it. No. What were you saying?
1: I was gonna say I think it's powerful twofold because that it talks about both. I mean, I'm obviously a shameless show for exercise, but it talks about both healing our relationships with our bodies and movement. But also, like for me, I'm very big on the fact that I believe that like people think of movement like really only about changing their bodies, but it's a way to come into your body and like mm. like learn your body and be within your body in a way that like even. I think we get, even when you think you're just, some people are so still tied up to tying that to some sort of physical goal that like truly like if my body never changed or I never became more fit than I am right now, I would still move every single day it's a great way to come into your like I mean I love getting better and I'm competitive but at the end of the day I just like and I think that's like people are like oh you do so many forms of physical activity I'm like I just love to move because it's a celebration yeah. it's always been like that's what got me into my field that's what my personal statement for grad school says like I got my first runner's high when I was 13 and I was like that's it I need to tell everyone about this for the rest of my life that's it that's my yeah. mission <laughs> was to give this to everyone else and then I woke up and I was like oh crap people do not feel this way about exercise I was like yeah. people do not feel this way about exercise but like i still have that inner 13 14 year old who has those rose colored glasses on like because that was like just before all that body craziness like kind of becomes more aware when you're growing up yeah and it was just movement and it was the summer and the sun was shining and i was running and it was beautiful and i was like that's how it should be for everything just a moment to celebrate You are alive. Like when I, like, and obviously I love the intricate science of exercise physiology, but like it's art and science and your body and magic happening all together. Mm. And like, you're alive and you get to do it. And I'm like, that's so freaking rad. Like I want, I want, I want people to be, but you're coming, you're literally coming. Like, it's like, you're coming home. You're coming into your body because you have to pay attention into it. You have to be in tune with it. And it's, K can probably give some rational mindfulness to it, but you have to be (laughs) mindful of everything that's happening. So I, I don't know. I love that. I'm such a show for exercise. I don't
2: care. Oh, no. So like, I love But that. I love Kay, that. Did you, yeah. Kate, do you want to give your, <laughs> your perspective? Because I, I have sense. something to say to that too. Yes. Oh,
0: no. You go ahead, girl. I've got Coach Carmichael chats that they can listen to for, if they want to hear it. me I, talking. I, uh, but Kate, we've got you, so Kate's we'll the, let you share. Kate's the, <laughs> mindful,
1: the mindfulness person where I'll be like, I don't believe in these things. And Kate's like, you indirectly actually do all of these things. So I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs>
2: Oh, oh no well what I was gonna say is like it, you know you're I swear like we could totally we we are I, you're the same we're the same like when it yes. comes to that idea of movement I mean movement has and one of the Robin Arzon's trainer um on Peloton she has this thing that she says where she's like um you know you need to thank your body because it's brought you through 100% of your bad days yeah, and yeah. Um, and when you think about it like that, like you, the fact that you've gotten through a hundred percent of your bad days with this body, no matter what this body is like, is amazing. And, um, another one, another one of the trainers, right. I just get all my lines from them. I don't make, I don't really I love make it. anything up myself, but when you went in the midst of the workout in the hardest part of the workout, she said, what if this was not suffering? And what if this is what your healing feels like? And Alyssa, something you just said really made that come out in my Mm -hmm. mind, because in order for you to even know what she means, you have to actually be in that hard effort. You can't be on the outside looking in and hear someone say that you'll be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But if you are in the midst of a hard effort and a person says to you, this is not suffering, this is healing. Then you have an opportunity in that moment to reframe and reshape the way that you're feeling that movement in your body. You can say, whoa, well, if this is what healing feels like and I wanna heal, I wanna be whole, I don't wanna suffer, then I'm gladly willing to continue into this effort because on the other side of this, this means that I will be more whole. This means that I will be better than I was before. And movement actually has gotten me through some of the most difficult times in my life, including last year, when I actually lost a baby at five Mm -hmm. months Mm -hmm. and having to use like the things that I told myself when I was exercising that had nothing to do with having a baby, but the things that I would just tell myself positive things like you finish even when you're tired and Um, you know, like, I don't even know what else, but so many things like that, right. Positive affirmations that I'm able to speak to myself when I'm in the middle of doing something really hard, like what is hard have to do with it. Right. These are all things that like, I would just tell myself. And so when I had to deliver a baby that was not alive, Oh my God, the idea of it, it, if I was so scared, but what did I tell myself? Well, I said, well, this is going to be hard. And then what did I say? I said, well, what does hard have to do with it? And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this. And it's, and and then I say, you know what, it's okay because we finish things even when we're tired. Like these are things that Mm -hmm. I've just been Mm -hmm. able to work into myself while moving, which is a very, very effective way of changing the way your brain works
1: is movement.
2: Right. Because now when I'm in a situation that has nothing to do with exercise and everything to do with me facing myself in a very challenging situation, I'm still telling myself the same things I tell myself when I exercise and I'm able to get through them a lot easier than I would if I didn't have this experience with movement in my body and coming into myself. Yeah. So, no, yep.
1: I I completely agree. I think that exercise is a way to gradually, willingly, by choice, expose yourself to difficulty to show yourself what you're capable of. So that when those yes. things come up in real life, you already know that you are you are capable. Then you trust your body. It teaches it, you, you do how to trust your body and trust yourself in a way that you know when those really really hard things come that like you hopefully never have to experience, but you end up experiencing. You know that you've seen yourself be capable and finish things and do the hard thing and that you will come out the other side no matter what. And I mean, it's really cheesy and obviously like there's layers of life where like we need more advanced like therapy and counseling or whatever it is. But in general though, like being a human being, I think we're made to move. You know what I mean? It allows you to come in your body, but it's true. Like that's a a horribly hard thing. And like you would have never wished that upon yourself to have to do, but you were so strong and to be able to reframe that, which is why we love you because you twist positivity out of everything, which is beautiful. Um, So with that being said, we do want to be cautious of your time because you have a bunch of littles um, and they keep calling you and need you. So do you have any, (laughs) and you have, and we're creeping up an hour here anyway. So we do need to get you back to your family and you, you you know, your water might break any moment now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The last one might come. come. Totally.
2: A totally yes. break. I was hope I was hoping it would happen during your podcast. So that we, you would have- we would have just that recorded would be such as you a great drove clip. to the hospital.
1: We would have yes. we'd have been like, <laughs> leave your phone on, like, see We're gonna capture this and send this to you and give it to you. Um, Imagine oh the promos gosh. we could make with that. Oh, no. man.
2: <laughs> but I do oh, like. Man.
1: I love this whole episode, though. I know we didn't really talk about motherhood in it, but I love that you talked about all these things about yourself independent of your children because it reframes that you also like you take care of yourself and you value yourself and I think like you may not have recognized that but you sharing your story before to now like I feel like you really do do things for yourself now because you love yourself and you
2: value yourself you know it's so funny it's true because honestly everything that I do that's independent of my kids is for my kids yeah and my know it you know when I'm working out And I know like for a lot of moms it's so frustrating to get interrupted and sometimes you're just like, Why am I even trying to do this? Like it's not working. My kids keep coming in, they're arguing, I can't I can't focus. But like for me, like all of that is the reason why I keep going. Like it's the reason why because I'm like either I can like deal with that or I can like do this. I'm doing this. You guys there, you know? But even my kids, it's like you train your kids, like at a certain point, they just start to know, like, you know, I do all these videos, right? Where like the other day I posted a video where literally for the first 20 minutes of my workout, I was teaching my daughter math. She kept bringing her computer in. She's like, I don't get this. And I'm literally like looking at her, like, are you kidding me? Taking the computer, doing it, giving it back. And she it was like back and forth for 20 minutes, you know, but there's a certain point that I get to in my workout and my kids come in and I'm like. Blood's not in my brain, it's in my body. I can't think. I can't yep. even answer the question <laughs> And they're like, Ugh, and they walk out. But it's like, but they know, like they get it. They're like, okay. And they, and even my four, my well, he's almost four. Even he'll walk in and see me on the bike, and he'll be like, and he'll walk out right because he knows no matter what, I'm not getting off. right yeah, So yes. he'll bring me cereal. He'll bring me milk. <laughs> I will pour it. And I- back to him but I am not getting off the bike it's not happening <laughs> yes oh like, they know like and it and it's as much for them as it is for me yeah. right? it, my sanity and being able to like communicate with them but not only that for them to be able to see a healthy example of what mm. it looks like to, to include movement in your life every single day, no matter what, literally, no matter what, (laughs) literally, no matter what, it's not a matter of when I'm going to work out. It's a, I mean, a a matter of if it's always a matter of when it's going to happen, you know, like it hasn't happened yet today. I prefer to do it in the morning, but it's not, it hasn't become like a, like, oh, I guess it's not going to happen today. It's like, yeah, well, I guess, you know, it's just going to have to happen between this time and, you know, like they know that, at some point mom is gonna exercise it's yeah. just and so yeah so it's funny yeah i know right we didn't really talk about motherhood but like everything i do yeah is like out in for motherhood
1: it's all indirectly central to it so yep. with that being said where can people find you your crazy bunch of kids climbing on you as you cycle all the joy i think like if i really really mean it when i say that like if you've had a hard 2020 and granted, this will air in 2021, where hopefully things are coming up and a little bit better for all of us. But in general, though, like social media can be a cesspool sometimes. But if you need some positivity, like just turn on notifications for Christy's Instagram. Or if you just need a laugh or a realistic, I don't have kids, so I can't relate. But it's funny and cute because you share the real like right then and there. So where can people find you um, in, all, in all that you do and share?
2: You can call call me Christy Joy on Instagram. I had other platforms, but honestly, I just don't have the bandwidth to manage yeah. them. <laughs> no, I can't imagine why. <laughs> on Instagram, at call me Christy Joy, uh, and I just thank you guys so much for yeah. having. me. And I love like this. I could, I literally could talk about this all yeah. day long. Yeah. I, this well, of my passion, is getting people to understand how important movement is outside Mm -hmm. of aesthetic goals um, and how much happier it can make you. Um,
0: And we're so appreciative to have you share like your wisdom and perspectives, because I think even if you hear you know, this message a million times that exercise is good for you and blah, 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 blah. People tune it out. Right. And so you need a bunch of different voices and perspectives to tell you the same message over and over sometimes to really, like we said, we we talked about this with John earlier today, and I feel like we're really just hammering it home for people and hopefully they start to hear it.
2: Yeah. 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 I hope they start to hear it. Please hear it. Your life, your life can be so much more enhanced with, with movement. Really. Yes. Well, that's a
1: message I will always get behind. All
0: right, you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in. Everything is going to be linked in the show notes so you can go find Christy Joy and learn from her continually.
1: Um, We want you to live well. Demand better. And stay messy. Woohoo! Thank you If you guys enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow Christy. I'm not kidding when I say like she's just a very big bold rich sunshine out there, something that we probably all need in our in our feeds. But if you'd like today's episode, share it, tag her, tag us, and don't forget to rate and review. Please share with everyone. Family, friends, dogs, cats, whomever.
2: We will catch you next week. <laughs> thank awesome. you so much.